Tobias Harris should have made this team. For a Philly team that's leading the conference in... For the first time, I think I like the top three teams of the East more than I like the top three teams of the West. I know a lot of people thought that that Dame should have been one of the starting lineup people on the West, but like I, I, I only see one viable person he can replace, and that is Luka Doncic. I, I personally think that he should because I think he's having probably a career year, one of the best seasons, like I think, almost ever by someone in his position. Yeah, so do you, you want to talk about Top Shot now? Because I know you said you wanted to talk about that. I have no idea what it is, but I heard like something about $4 million, and I'm confused. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Locked In Podcast. My name is Ani. My name is Shree. And it has been a while, but we are back. We are going to be more consistent. We are better than ever. And we are talking about the NBA All-Star Game, specifically the snubs, because the rosters came out a few days ago. There are some snubs that we need to talk about, that we have to talk about. And honestly, I I just really want to get straight into it. So let's start by just announcing what, what the rosters were, slash are. So starting on the East, team captain Kevin Durant. Who was injured and won't play but you know he was i think the highest vote getter in the east and you got Giannis, bradley beal joel Embiid, kyrie irving and jason tatum i don't know how there's six people in the starting lineup but there are i guess no i guess that like one of the reserves got put up to the starting right because katie's injured yeah tatum replaces durant as a yeah. starter you're right you're right okay cool and then the reserves i guess jason tatum was a reserve but now is pushed up Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, and Nikola Vucevic. And then Sabonis is replacing KD in the All-Star team. But personally, I don't count Sabonis as one of the people chosen, like, as to be an All-Star. So he's going to be, like, one of my snubs, even though, like, he did get his due technically in some senses. But No, I don't think we can count Sabonis and Devin Booker as snubs anymore. Like, yes, they were snubs initially, but now that they're they're on the roster. They were not chosen initially, so they have to be considered snubs. Now they're on the roster, so I I don't even feel like... Yeah, but they're on the roster because of injuries. So, you know, I mean, okay, it will count towards their career. Like, if Devin Booker, like, he's a five-time All-Star, this will count as one of them, but I don't count him as an All-Star. Like no, in terms of this year, in, no, in, ter- in terms of being a snub, in terms of my snubs, he should have been on the roster directly. But he's going to be in basketball reference as a two-time all-star after this year. So yeah, there's guys. That okay. And then we have, well, okay. In the happen. East, Steph Curry, the West, not the East, sorry, the West team captain, LeBron. So Steph Curry, Luka, Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, and then the reserves, Anthony Davis, who's injured, not going to play and being replaced by Devin Booker. And then Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. So I want to talk real quick about the, the starting lineups. I know a lot of people thought that that Dame should have been one of the starting lineup people on the West. But like I, I, I only see one viable person he can replace, and that is Luka Doncic. I, I personally think that he should because I think he's having probably a career year. One of the best seasons, like I think, almost ever by someone in his position. I mean, Luca's averaging, what, 28, 9, and 8, but I still think that Dame's having a better season. But I don't know. What do you think about that? See, so the thing with the All-Star game this year is that the voting is being done so early. Like, we've played 30 games 
or 33 games ish out of a 72 game season and usually all stars are usually assigned at like that a little after the halfway point of the season so you have a little larger sample size and the crazy thing about this year's standings is that they're so volatile so when the starters were announced and Luca was chosen as a starter because of the overwhelming fan vote like the Mavs were struggling like they were not in playoff contention they were vastly underperforming compared to what Portland was doing in which they were winning games without McCollum without Nurkic without a lot of key guys on that roster but now if you look the Mavs are a game above 500 they're finally starting to play to their potential only two games back of the five seed which is where the Blazers are right now so I don't have issues with Luka starting especially when you're averaging 29-9-8 and leading one of the most efficient offenses in the league so I get it I personally thought Dame should have started but I have no issues with Luka starting per se yeah no I I I agree I think initially when the roster was announced I had the same thought I think Dame should have been starting because as you said he's done so much with the Blazers roster that has so many of its pieces missing and really He's he's honestly taking like the games into his own hands so much of the time, especially when the fourth quarter rolls around. But I think, as you said, the Mavs are eight and two in their last ten, only a few games out of the fifth seed, and they've really you know Rick Carlisle said this is what happens when we're not affected by COVID, and I really think that they've been stepping up. And initially, we were kind of concerned the Mavs had lost a good amount in a row, and they just were not looking like the Mavericks that made the playoffs and won a game you know, and potentially had like a pretty good series against the Clippers last year, but now they're starting to look like that team. And so, you know, Lucas in the past, what, 10 games in the past two and a half, three weeks has shown that like maybe he does deserve, I mean, from a statistics standpoint, yeah, but also just from him willing that team to now and be in playoff contention and be fighting for one of the top four seeds potentially. I doubt that's going to happen because, you know, the, the, the top four seeds are really, in my mind, like, quite a ways away from the other four seeds in the west but you know potentially trying to fight for that fourth or maybe even fifth seed compared to where they were like a month ago crazy difference so but again we have to give props to dame Lillard. but let's now talk about the snub so again i'm in my mind like i don't know why devin booker wasn't selected to be just in the all-star game initially i i personally would rather have devin booker over donovan mitchell but that's just a personal preference i know a lot of people you know, the, the Jazz are having a fantastic season, obviously, best record in the NBA. So a lot of people wanted to give props to that. And Donovan Mitchell is playing well, but I thought Devin Booker is playing at a higher level and the Suns are also playing fantastically. And I remember a month ago, I said the Suns are a really good team and they have a lot of potential to go upwards. And you doubted me on that. And look where we are right now. So I just wanted to say that for the record. I don't think I doubted that the Suns would go up just because of their talent on their rosters okay so no fast. what i said was i said that the suns have more potential than the warriors and you said that was false i think they're about even when fully healthy and i don't think oh, golden state has been God. fully healthy at one single point this season i mean look at the yes the no, suns no, no. Are okay no, no, right no, no, now. Okay. i'm just saying the west is so jam-packed that calling any team significantly better than the others i'd argue that there's one elite team in the west the way it is right now, and that is the Utah Jazz. LA is not healthy. The Clippers have obvious issues. The Suns are right now in an upward trajectory, but again, their their season has been relatively up and down up Bro, until they're, late. They're eight and two in their last ten games. I That's don't know what, what I'm you're saying. talking about. Up until late, their their season was 
Okay, relatively okay. disappointing compared to expectations. Bringing injuries into it, the Warriors have been ravaged by injuries. So, like, I, I can't say anything because I can't compare the Warriors at full strength because they've probably been at full strength, like, four games this season. So, which kind of sucks for the Warriors. And even Draymond isn't playing. I think he may still be having some lingering of COVID effects. I know that Jason Tatum, definitely you can see on the on the court, he's being affected by COVID. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought I thought in my mind, Booker should have made it over Gobert. And I thought for sure Sabonis should have made it over Vucevic, but I don't know. You think Booker over Gobert? I think Gobert is the... Sorry, sorry, not Gobert, not Gobert. Mitchell, Mitchell, my bad, sorry. I also think Mitchell was a lock. Like, Mitchell and Gobert leading the Utah... Like I mean, no, again, the the reason they were locks is because the Jazz are doing so well. I understand that. I think another reason why Mitchell is a lock is because when... Utah plays Conley and Gobert stagger their minutes together. So Mike Conley always has Rudy Gobert as a role threat, as someone who can set really good screens, cuts to the basket, whereas Mitchell is often creating a lot of his offense without Gobert on the floor. Like, yes, they both start, but there's points in the game where Donovan Mitchell is single-handedly keeping Utah's offense afloat in games. And he's doing this with relatively decent efficiency too. So I understand, like, why you might say Booker over Mitchell, but Donovan Mitchell, I think, is going to finish in the top eight for MVP voting this year. He's playing at a level that I didn't think he was capable of, honestly. I also really like Devin Booker. Um, I'm sure I, I the early listeners of the podcast remember I once said that Devin Booker is a top three scorer in the NBA. I stand by that, but uh, I, I, I really like Devin Booker as a player, so that may be hindering. My, my judgment here but let's talk about the the real snubs the people that didn't make it number one on my list and i'm sure number one on 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 many people's list is for for me it's brandon ingram i don't know what what you think but i think brandon ingram has been having a fantastic year and he's actually been quite efficient too and the pelicans aren't they aren't terrible but i mean i think it's kind of a stretch to have the pelicans have two all-stars being what like 15 and 19 or whatever they are yeah, and I think Zion has just been more singularly dominant for that team, and a lot of the defensive attention is on him, and he's unstoppable. When Zion decides that he wants to take it to the rim, there is nothing I've seen a defender be able to do to contain that. So, I don't know. Like, Ingram's been playing well. His playmaking has improved from last season. He's still scoring the ball well, efficiently. I think this Pelicans team has another level they can reach. So they're we'll getting see. better. Yeah, too. I think I do think Ingram is not as much of a snub as the guy I thought. And that's DeMar DeRozan. The Spurs mm. are currently the sixth seed. He's his all around game with San Antonio is something we never really saw with the Raptors where he was just more of the scoring guard. But the guy consistently has double digit assist assist games. Um, the defensive effort has improved. His scoring is still there, the king of the mid-range. And the Spurs are 17-13. and 13. Let's not forget that they have a winning record with a roster that is full of young guys. Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray, just Lonnie Walker. It's a bunch of guys who are unproven and on the come-up. Aldridge is declining. So the fact that the Spurs are in the position they are is... A testament to what DeRozan's been able to do. And I think he should have been in this game. Oh, no, 100%. And, I mean, his his averages are pretty good. He's averaging almost 20 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. And 
I I think that the way the Spurs are playing, they're definitely like, I don't know, it's it's not a miracle because they have pop, but like their roster is so young and they're playing more mature. They're playing like beyond their years. And I think if you just watch the Spurs game, I remember watching the Spurs Warriors game a few weeks ago and I was just really amazed because I've like seen DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker and like Kelvin Johnson and like I saw them last year and then Lonnie Walker two years ago and I remember like oh yeah these guys are young and good but like they're playing really maturely and obviously pop coaching must have helped that out but I mean when you say like LaMarcus Aldridge is declining that is the understatement of the year he is nowhere I mean even last year he was significantly better than what he is right now Mm-hmm. And like, like he's, he's been injured and he's been out of some games and they just don't have like a reliable presence in, in, in near, near the basket. They don't have like, cause LaMarcus Aldridge has been so good in just, you know, getting rebounds, but also just being a post presence and hitting those mid range shots, but also with that post game, they don't have that anymore. But the fact that like their team is mostly made up of guards, if you look at their, what top five players, basically all guards, right? So a bunch of perimeter guys, yeah. Yeah, the fact that DeMar DeRozan has had the year that he's had and the fact that the team has a winning record, I think, speaks just to how deep, as you said earlier, the West is. But also, again, I think that if you're in a market like San Antonio, I mean, even like sometimes, like no matter how well Tony Parker or Manu Ginobili were playing, it would be difficult for them to make the all-star team without the recognition that Tim Duncan, one of the te- like best players in NBA history, was on the team, you know? And he kind of brought more recognition, but San Antonio is a smaller market. And even then as a smaller market, they always fly under the radar. And I think, you know, in terms of the starting roster, the NBA all-star game is a popularity contest. And in terms of the reserves, I just think people kind of forget about DeMar. You know, he isn't this high profile guy that he was when he was in Toronto, you know, hanging out with Drake and, you know, being with Kyle Lowry. Like he's a lot more low profile when he's in the silver or black, but I, I think he's honestly has, this is one of his best seasons. Yeah, and, like, to speak to your point, like, he just plays in the West, which is so loaded with guards that it's, at a certain point, it just becomes impossible to pick. Like, I'll just name a couple other guys in the West, and you tell me what you think about these, but, like, guys like John Morant, SGA, De'Aaron Fox, and we haven't even gotten to people like Christian Wood. Um, Bro, you're forgetting Jamal about Mike Conley, who's having a fantastic Mike, season, I was, too. I was going to get to Conley because I think he's one of the bigger snubs in the West for a Utah team that's 27-8. and eight. and I mean, yeah. I mean, if there's any team in the West that deserves to have three All-Stars, it should be the Jazz because they're by far record-wise, but also just playing-wise, the best team in the West right now. And I think Mike Conley is one of those guys where I just wanted to see him get an All-Star spot because he's been snubbed so many times while he was with Memphis. He's probably going to go down as one of the best players ever to never make an all-star team. No, and that's a terrible sort of feeling to have, but I don't know. It's just the West is so deep, and you look at someone like De'Aaron Fox, and yeah, the Kings are not having a great season in terms of record, but like he's averaging, what, 22.7 assists, three rebounds, right? And like if you just watch his games, he's so clutch. Like Every single time when they're playing the Clippers, he had some clutch shots past few times like this this i think especially february he's been going off and i think he's been really clutch which is my favorite part of it is because like he's won the king's games that they have no business winning and -hmm. like it's the kings they're coached by luke walton they should be like the worst team in the league record wise but you know they're not the 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 timberwolves are there they're they're a ways away but 
Well, yeah, and the Kings have lost a bunch. They're one and nine in their last ten, so they were playing well. And I think pairing Tyrese Halliburton alongside De'Aaron Fox has done wonders for Fox's game. Just playing a little more off ball, having another guy who can shoot. So I like De'Aaron Fox's trajectory. I think he will be a perennial All Star once the Kings reach some level of competence. But until then, he's just gonna have to settle to be one. I don't know, snubbed every year until that oh, yeah. point. And I think. But, the West is super deep. We can like literally name someone on almost every single team that we feel like is a snub. I but I, I don't know. I kind of want to talk about the East for a little bit, if you don't mind, because I feel like there's a couple snubs on the East that I'm a bit confused about. Okay, let's... Okay, you name a snub, I'll name a snub. Let's do this. Okay, well, first up, I want to talk about Sabonis, because the fact that he didn't get chosen over Vucevic, in my mind, is crazy. Dude, he, and he's again, averaging a, 20, 10, and 5. Like, he's the first person to average 20, 10, and 5 and not make the All-Star team. I, I'm glad he ended up getting the recognition and being chosen as the replacement. But I feel like... I don't know. Actually, there just there's just no justification for him not being on this team when it was announced. But right now, Indy's 15 and 18, struggling a bit. They're the 9 seed. So... Well, I mean, yeah, but like, <sighs> it's not like the trade helped them, you know? Right, like the Oladipo trade. They don't have Levert. Like, they don't have one of their guys. They just, just straight up gone. And then Miles Turner had, like, a broken hand low key. So, like, I feel like 15 and 18. What are they 15 and 18 or what are they? 15 and 18. Yeah, it's, it's yep. like, not that. I don't know. Like, dude, they're, like, like they literally, with Oladipo, they were significantly better. And, in in, like, even just watching them, they were better. The Warriors beat the Pacers, what, like, a week ago, right? Tight game, yeah. Tight game, yeah. And, like, you... They, they didn't have Oladipo. Like, it was very clear that they needed that other guy. And they had that. But and I, now, I mean... Like, see, I don't have a problem with Vucevic making the team because while... Or, Orlando's had so many of their guys out. Like, Fournier was out for a while. Aaron Gordon's been out for a while. Like, he's the only reason that team is competitive. And what he does on the court is so underrated when you look at his career-wise. Like, he impacts Wait, the game offensively. Are you, are you really... Think, okay, okay. Orlando was like what? Like they were like undefeated in the first seven games, right? They were like seven and zero starting the season off, and then everybody got injured. They're like thirteen and twenty two right now. I feel like most of their wins came from like their first five six games. No, like but objectively, most of, of their wins came from like, the first I, I, five or six games. What I'm saying is, yes, the team is bad. I don't have a problem with him making the team. Is what I'm saying. Like every time you say like there's a player who should make the team, it, there's always the, the counter question like who comes off. And like, okay, I, this is my view on that. Vucevic is having a career year. Sabonis is having a historic year. Like a 2010 and five season is like the way he's playing. And like, if you look at an all-star history, there's never been a player who's averaged 2010 and five. That's never made it. There's a reason is because averaging 2010 and five is incredibly, insanely hard. And their scoring outputs are almost the same. Sabonis is more efficient. The rebounding is almost the same, but like Sabonis is averaging almost three more assists than Vucevic and their team is better. In terms of record. Again, I, I'm glad that Sabonis made the team so that this argument doesn't need to exist. Like, they they both are on the team, which is fine. So, what I'm going to say is Tobias Harris should have made this team. For a Philly team that's leading the conference, In for the first time, I think I like the top three teams of the East more than I like the top three teams of the West. Wait, wait, can you please repeat this sentence? I, I want to make sure this is captured on audio. I like the championship potential of the top three teams in the East more than I do the top three teams in the West. That's kind of shocking for you to say 
I don't know, considering how well the Jazz are playing and like once the Lakers get back to being healthy and just the if talent on the tell Clippers. me that Brooklyn and Utah play a seven game series, who are you taking? Well, I mean, I don't know. It depends. A like fully right now, healthy Brooklyn team versus a fully healthy Utah team. Who but do you, you can't take? guarantee that Brooklyn's going to be fully healthy, and they also have no depth. Basically, like Kevin Durant and like I guess Kyrie and and Harden have to play like 37, 35 minutes. Like I don't know, they have to play like thirty plus minutes every single game. Who are you taking in a seven game series, Philly versus Utah? Oh, oh if you 100%. had to bet. If you had to bet your life on it, I I will never bet my life on a basketball game. But I, I would I would take Utah over Philadelphia in a playoff series. You're, in a playoff series, you're going to take okay. Utah. Okay. Listen, listen. Maybe maybe I'm putting too much stock in the regular season because I know Utah is the type of team, and Gobert is a type of player, and the Utah Jazz are the type of team, and Salt Lake City is the type of city to like choke it in the playoffs, like they've done year after year after year. You know, have two of the greatest players of all time and just like never win a championship. So like maybe it's I'm not even too much stock about that. It's not know. even that. Like it's I'm I'm not saying this team is bad. Evidently, they're twenty seven and eight for a reason, and they no, have but okay. An elite I, I have defense reservations awesome about like I, I'm I'm being reserved about saying the Jazz. I, I would never trust the Nuggets or the Jazz. I don't know why. I just wouldn't. No. So my thing is this Jazz team reminds me a lot, at least the way their season is going up. That 2014-15 Atlanta Hawks team. Oh, that yeah, I was just about to say that. So yes. many games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, like, the they Josh won so Smith many regular team. season yes, games. Yes, dude. Dude, remember they had four All-Stars? Kyle Korver, Jeff Teague, Al Horford, Paul Millsap all made the All-Star team that year. And do you remember that they, like, by far and away had the best record and just got demolished in the playoffs? Right. Like, it's the playoffs are a different animal. And I feel like the Sixers have probably the best defender in Ben Simmons. They have the presumptive MVP favorite in Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris has just been efficient I think he's having a 50-40 almost 90 season on nearly 21 a game Doc Rivers has him playing to his role perfectly and I think guys like him and Chris Middleton they're the true snubs from this year no Chris Middleton is also a really big snub I think for sure I mean he's having another fantastic season and I mean, yeah, when you're on the same team as Giannis, you tend maybe to get overlooked, especially this year because they're not by far and away the best team in the East like they were previously. But, I mean, I don't know. What do you think about Bam and, and Jimmy Butler? I know that Jimmy hasn't even played half the season, so, like, I, I wouldn't necessarily... Like, the Heat are okay I, right now, but, like, I don't know. No, yeah, they've, they've won six in a row, and they're the five seed now, so they're finally starting to play to what they should have been. But I have no problem with either of them missing the team because... They they were just underwhelming for so long, and yeah. Jimmy was I remember the like beginning you said, of Jimmy was out was for like, a while. Dude, how the how the hell did this Heat team make the playoffs, make the final no, they, last year? But then like, and I was like, is Jay Crowder really the most pivotal piece in this Miami lineup? But they were just really injured, and yeah, yeah as you said, they won six in a row. They're seven and three in their last ten, but like they're really on an upward trajectory, and they're only what five games out of the first seed. They're like easily going to be the fourth seed. I doubt that the Knicks we'll have a better record at the end of the season than the heat but let's let's not have nick slander on this podcast because i'm for once really happy for that city of that organization but yeah like bam's the only guy who might have like a crib case to make the team but again like all the bigs who made it in the east like i would not take bam over sabonis at the time voting was done 
and even now, even now, even yeah, I don't know, but I have no problems with the Heat having no All Stars. I don't know. What maybe I, there should be some some Nick slander on this podcast. Maybe Alfred Payton's like what like fake Twitter account will will come and try and like tweet at us or something. We'll we'll get some views. Okay, did Julius Randle for MVP chance or strong at MSG, dude? Let's dude. let them have that. No, hundred, but no, the, the Knicks are actually surprisingly a good team. Like I am surprised, and I'm happy because, I mean, I'm really not happy because their ownership is terrible and garbage. But like Knicks fans have been through a lot, and they kind of deserve a decent team that might have a decent run in the playoffs. Which okay, I don't think this team week. is, but you know. Well, like, okay, like you never know, man. You never know. At this rate, the Knicks and the Heat would be playing in the first round of the playoffs. Okay, Who yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was, just, I, was like, I was looking at the top three seeds. I was like, if you're telling me that the top three seeds are going to beat the Jazz, no way the Knicks are going to beat the top three teams in the East in a series. Like, <laughs> no, but okay, fine. Let's go with the last couple of last minute snubs. Trey Young, awesome offensive season, but the team has just been a disappointment. The Hawks just fired Lloyd Pierce today, so. Dude, the happened. craziest part was they like fired him. Yeah, he, he he had a kid like a week ago. Like mm-hmm. the timing is just and and like it's very clearly the team is very injured. Like Kevin Horder has been like one of their pivotal pieces the last three weeks, right? Kevin and, Horder's like, even, been a pivotal piece though. No, I mean I know, but like he was on the bench a lot, but now he's having a lot more minutes. He's having like I think twenty two, twenty three minutes a game right now, and like he he just got injured but that's too how much. I don't think that was the issue. I feel like the issue. No, with the I'm just Hawks saying, like, like, if if like Kevin Hoarder is their pivotal piece now, and like even he got injured, like that just shows you, like, they have no depth right now. Everybody on that team is injured. Right. Like I, I, just, I think their thirteen, their thirteen and seventeen record when, or what? I'm not sure what they maybe thirteen and nineteen when, like, like what was the record when he got fired? It I don't was even know. today. He was fired no. today. They're no, fourteen but, and twenty. Okay, ten. He was fired yesterday, technically. So they were fourteen and nineteen. Yeah, fourteen and nineteen. Yeah, that that record is not that bad considering how terrible their team is. They're like I don't think they have a bad team, which is why I think the firing makes sense. Like this team should be one of the eight best teams in the East. I don't think a coach could come and make this team have a better record. That's my point. I agree with your statement, but I don't think another coach could come in here and have a better record. John okay. Collins, Trey Young, DeAndre Hunter, Gallo, and any combination of whatever wings they have. Capella. Like, I'm you don't sorry, think okay. that team is a Another playoff team? available coach. Another available coach. There aren't that many coaches that are on the market right now to be hired right now. You know? That's my issue. What happened to Brooklyn's old coach? Oh, no. Wait, like, the, before Steve Nash. What's his name? I'm like Kenny Atkinson, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, what, Kenny Atkinson. What happened to Kenny Atkinson? Oh, he's an assistant coach at, on, on the Clippers. Oh, man. He should interview for the Hawks job because I think that's a type of roster that he could fix up within the season. I mean, it's not like the Clippers are going to win the championship this year, so I guess. Yeah. And some boundary snubs, Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant, who is having an awesome season for the worst team in the East. It's the okay. Detroit Maybe Pistons. Jeremy Grant will like get some money in a few years. Some more money. Oh, he's going to get paid. Right yeah. Yeah. He's going to get paid. Is Gordon Hayward a snub? Yeah. I think he's a snub for a overachieving Hornets team. 
Um, just been a really consistent guy. Plays like 34 and a half minutes a game. Does everything on the offensive side. Always in the right place on defense. He's a good player. I just think, God, our league is so deep. There's so many good players that did not make the all-star team. And I think you could genuinely make a whole other all-star team with all the guys who were left off. That's how it wouldn't be a talented good team, but... the NBA is. Like it wouldn't beat the regular Here, let's, team. Let, but... Let's do this super quickly. Um, I'll go team by team and just construct a 15-man roster with this. Okay. This all-star team stuff. So Mike Conley, um, Demar Derozan, John Morant, Brandon Ingram, Ingram, SGA, De'Aaron Fox. I'm gonna hold off on Christian Wood because he's just been injured, but he was having a monster season before he got hurt. Um, do we put Jamal Murray? Let's not, because I think there's so many in the East that like what Tobias Harris, Chris Tobias Middleton. Tobias Harris, Middleton, um, Bam, Jimmy, um, Gordon, Kyle Lowry, snub. Yes, no. no Pascal Siakam, sub. What Trey Young, Gordon Hayward, Trey Young, Gordon Hayward. Um, so we have like twelve right now. Jeremy Grant. Well, let's make Jeremy Grant our fifteenth guy. Oh no, yeah, for the fifteenth no, place to. team. He deserves it of all the seasons, or not? Of so all we need the two more. The people. We need two more. Um, I mean, you could throw. Okay, yeah. Let's throw like. I don't really know. I mean. Maybe, yeah, I guess Cal Lowry, or maybe even Van Vliet or something. I don't know. Van Vliet. Oh, we didn't even talk about Van Vliet. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet has done everything on offense for this Raptors team. Yeah, he's been. I think he's he's a definite snub for a team that's in the playoff hunt, I think. He's playing like 37 minutes a game. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, he's He's been fun to watch, though. Undrafted, just an awesome story. So we need one more guy. Do we take any of the Sexland duo? No. Um, Colin Sexton? I don't think so. Let's take a Lamella Ball for the culture. No, he is not making this list. For the culture, dude. For the culture. Oh, no. I, I okay, fine. If, if you really want, we'll throw Jamal Murray in there. Let's put Jamal Murray. So that's 15 just awesome guys. Yeah, you know, you make a good point. You make a good point. I think overall league this, is deep. This league is deep, and I think the All Star Game is going to be super fun. We'll see. I think they have Covington doing the skills challenge, which I find which I find hilarious because like, dude. Also, the dunk contest is disgusting. Yeah, there's no, no like star dunk. power. Yeah, but I mean, Curry's in the three contest, so I mean, at least oh, we can the watch three point that. contest is going to be yeah. The three point contest will be the main attraction yeah. of the side and, events. Yeah, so do you, you want to talk about Top Shot now? Because I know you said you wanted to talk about that. I have no idea what it is, but I heard like something about $4 million, and I'm confused. Dude, basically, so like trading cards have always been a big thing across all sports, and it's a way to get fans involved, you know, collectible items. and It's become a lot bigger just, during quarantine too, yeah. Yeah, and I've been collecting basketball cards and like Pokemon cards and all this kind of stuff for years, but what NBA Top Shot is is basically – the NBA cuts highlights of players with certain plays. So, like, there'll be, like, a Steph Curry step back over Terry Rozier, and then they'll show, like, a little celebration after. And Dapper Labs is this company, um, blockchain-based, and they decide how many of each highlight they're going to sell, and they number them. There's, like, serial numbers for each of these highlights, and what they call these moments. 
So what these guys do is they place each highlight into digital packs. And this is kind of just like your ordinary trading card system. And they sell these highlight packs on their Top Shot website. And prices of these packs can be like $9. They can be $30 for premium packs or like all the way up to 230 for these like exclusive legendary packs or whatever. And you don't, you, it's not like a marketplace where you can just go and buy a pack. They have these like stress tests and drops in which you join a queue and you're given a random number generated. And based on your place in line, you're more likely to receive a pack or not. So sometimes if there's like 8,000 packs available, if you're within that one through 8,500, 9,000, 10,000 ish range, you're likely to get a pack. But if you're like number 50,000, like you might as well just try next time. And the cool thing is once you buy a pack or a highlight, they go into this encrypted secure wallet in which it's yours. So you can either keep them, showcase it, or you can just resell it on Top Shots Marketplace. And dude, there's some crazy stuff. Like one of my friends has like a $12,000 portfolio with all of his stuff that he's bought. Um, like LeBron James highlights, like one was recently sold for like 70K. Um, Almost sold for in the millions, right? There's, yeah, people will buy things for any value. It's just nuts. So I think this is the future of sports collectibles. It's shown that it's successful. And the awesome part about all of this is that, like, players are tweeting about it, asking how do I get involved. Like, very rarely do you see a side thing for a sports league that, like, all the players are into. But now, like, with quarantine and with the digital revolution, I guess that's such a cliche term, but... All these players are getting into crypto. They're all becoming ambassadors for Top Shot. And they have a really tight relationship with the league. So I think this is the future. I think this is awesome. Like, it's so just, it's going to I have some questions, gap. I guess. So, like, let's say, yeah. like, one of the clips is, like, a Steph Curry step back. And it's, like, an exclusive clip. And there's only, like, 400 of them made, right? Right. Like, can't I just find that on YouTube? Like, do you own, like, the rights to this clip or no? No. So... There like, cause that's like what I the, thought it was initially. I thought it was initially the NBA, like, giving its licenses away. And when you buy a clip, you own the license to that clip and perpetuity for however long. And so, like, that's why they're worth a lot of money is because if it's, like, an iconic, like, imagine the, the Steph Curry OKC, like, bang moment, you know? Like, it's just, like, yeah, yeah. You Like, imagine owning just... the copyrights on that and, like, no one else can, like, play that unless, like, you give them permission slash you get some residual money and, like whatever i don't know you know that's what i, I don't thought think it was. it's like i i don't think it's like that like it's so, so i i don't really see the appeal yeah, I, I get like, your point i get your point like yes you can just youtube google the play but that's the thing with all collectible items like with with basketball trading cards like yeah you could just go to basketball reference and look at the stat sheet for any one of these players and just no, like, that is find true. a picture that of these true. guys on google images and like stick it together in word and there i mean you just have basketball it, card. in my mind like even though i'm not like a huge trading card guy like i feel like when there's some trading cards i'm like oh yeah like i would pay some money to have that but i would never feel that way about like a clip because i'm like i can literally search it up and like holding something physically in your hand i feel like is different than a video clip but i mean Clearly, I am in the minority because there have been, what, $230 million worth of, like, sales through Top Shot in the past few weeks alone since they launched. So it's been pretty crazy, the amount of money that's flowed through there. And I guess I'm wondering, like, if Steph Curry's in the clip, does he get any residual money from that? I have no idea. I think the NBA will work on, like, licensing with the players. and I hope they do. There's a reason. It would be a shame if, like, LeBron had the highest clip and, like, 
highest top shot moment and he never got any money off of it if the nba sold it for you know hundreds of thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars so no so the nba is not selling it for hundreds of thousands of dollars like, you oh get no but the nba is putting in packs. that pack right so yes so then it's just after you get that like yeah you can resell i mean it. I, I, whatever people buy yeah. it for that's what's I meant the initial part. No, so you're right. You're right. But like, imagine if like each pack is like each card is in a pack and pack is $230 and they sell like a thousand. That's like a good amount of money. And if like LeBron doesn't get any of that, you know, I mean, not LeBron. No, I think they'll they'll work out the licensing. Like I don't, they're, it's in collaboration with the league. So there's definitely, there's going to be the players union involved. Players association is going to have some say in how this licensing works. But for now, super cool concept. And God, I sound like a brand ambassador for this, but like I just think it's one of the the better developments with trading cards and where this is headed for the next 10, 15 years. No, it seems like a cool idea. I mean, okay, it doesn't really seem like that cool of an idea to me personally. But again, it seems like a lot of people are buying into this idea. And as you said, I've seen so many players on Twitter be like, yeah, like let me get into this Top Shot thing. Like let me get involved. Like how do I get involved? And I think that's really that's really cool to see. To, to see the players sort of band behind this it's kind of interesting to see the players band behind top shop and not behind vaccines but that's a different story for another day yeah we'll leave that for yeah we'll leave we'll just leave that on that note for another day but yeah i guess that's about it for this episode i think we're planning on talking about some nfl stuff yeah later. some huge news about jj watt to the uh, cardinals mass Stafford to the rams so basically the nfc west kind of the best division in football right now just absolutely loaded okay i think russell wilson is gonna want to leave 100 if he comes to the raiders i kid you not he will have the cleanest pocket of all time to throw yeah but then he won't have a defense (laughs) hey we got then we're just gonna be the seahawks man i'll take being the seahawks over anything we've been for the last three four years yeah maybe maybe vegas is more appealing to to rust than oakland but I don't know. All Sierra I know is that like it too. I really hope the Chargers draft an offensive lineman with every single pick they have in the draft. But that's a story for another day. We'll talk about the NFL. We'll talk about some huge free agency. We'll talk about some draft, what I guess, previews, even though we're in February. But we'll talk about oh some draft God. Remember, previews. I think one of the first episodes we did, or the first YouTube episodes we did, was doing the, the NFL live stream draft of the draft. Year. And remember when and I was really almost- mad? That we drafted Herbert yes. and I like threw my hat on the ground and now look at look at where we are. I really look, regret look that. how far we've come. With okay, Herbert, no, huh? but okay. Given my story, it makes sense. The fact that we saw Herbert live, yeah. in person, the eye test. He did us. not pass the eye test. Dude, he fa- not even did not pass. They scored like six points. It was a garbage game. And like he, he went to I'm the not... he went to the eye doctor and he couldn't even see the biggest E on the dude. Like and the, the thing prop. is, he, he at that happened. point, at that point, he hadn't even announced that he was going to, uh, like or that that he wasn't draft, like going to the draft. You know, like he still was undecided. So like, right. technically, people could have been watching that. Like, remember how like his Rose Bowl performance against Wisconsin, where like he scored like three or four touchdowns, and that was like the defining moment of his college career, pinnacle, last game. Oh yeah, Justin Herbert's like one of the better quarterback positions, or better quarterbacks available in the draft like that like the game we watched could have been that for justin herbert like his game like his seat like whole college career and like his pre-draft like last moment could have been like a 6-3 game against michigan state in the red box bowl in santa clara instead of like a what he had or what like joe burrow had type deal you know like imagine if he went to the draft like that's the part that it wasn't like a garbage game and mattered to him and he still sucked 
but yeah, but he proved every doubter wrong with an awesome rookie year and yeah. rookie only of the up year, to baby. go. So rookie of the year. Yeah, we will good looks, good do looks. all that NFL stuff next episode. Um, hope you guys are all doing well, Ani. Anything else? I have, I got nothing. I have nothing other than stay safe, wash your hands, and get your vaccines. Wash your hands, people. Peace.